0: Thank you, Jeff, for that reading, and thank you, Lorraine, for that story. Um, Do you know something? They are both saying the same thing, that God loves us whatever we look like. But they're just saying it in slightly different ways. I'd like to say a huge good morning to you. For those who don't know me, I'm Belinda Thomas. Um, and I want to especially welcome all those who are on Zoom this morning, um, because it's quite a quite a group there, and also anybody who will be hearing this talk um, on the internet later. Uh, the title that I've been given this morning um, to talk on is "God Proves His Love," and. Um, I uh, started by going through a series of questions which I'd really uh, like you to sort of work through with me. Sounds like it's going to be hard work. I don't think it will be. And the first question that I ask myself is, is do I know that God loves me? Do I know that God loves me. So just for a moment, say that question to yourself and see what the instant answer is going to be. I'm not going to ask anybody to share it, so it is just between you and the question. Do you know that God loves you? And the next question i ask is, how do I know that God loves me? So ask yourself that question now. How do I know that God loves me? share a a couple of uh, thoughts that I have when I ask myself that question. How do I know that God loves me? And these are in no particular order. None of them are necessarily any more important than any of the others. But the first one I thought of was that God made me and he made you in his image and his likeness. He made me in his image and his likeness. And after he made me, and you, like that, he said the words, you're very good. You're very good. That's one of the reasons. Another reason why I know that uh, God loves me is because God breathed his very life into me. Just take a deep breath and let us out him, God, we're told right at the beginning of the Bible, that God breathed his very life into me and you. We're told that God knew us before the creation of the world. That just, just boggles me even more, the fact that God knew me before the creation of the world. And he knows the number of hairs on my head. Isn't that just amazing? Because I bet you could not get within a thousand if you were asked to count the number of hairs on your own head, let alone anybody else's head. He knows the number of hairs on my head. Even more boggling, God knows my coming and my going and my thoughts before I even know my thoughts. This is a God that intimately knows me and knows you. But just because you know somebody doesn't mean to say that you necessarily have a relationship with them. And I think that the most important thing about knowing that God loves me is the fact that he doesn't just know about me, even if my hair in my head, God is seeking a relationship with me and with you. And how do I know that? do I know that God is seeking a relationship with me? Well, I guess, first of all, from a very personal point of view, I have a relationship with God. And I could spend a long time sharing the great joy of the walk that I have with God. And I will say a little bit about that in a moment but if we look at it from a more factual point of view perhaps what god tells us in his word we're told right at the beginning right at the beginning of time god was there in a perfect relationship walking with man in the beautiful garden They were there together, in perfect relationship. A relationship where nobody had to go and look for each other, in harmony, together. But we know that that didn't last. And the story that we're told is that God, in that perfect relationship with man, that he said was very good that he was made in his image and his likeness. But he told man just one thing, do not eat from the tree of good and evil. And I thought, why did God really say that? It's because God didn't want us to know about evil. God didn't want us to know about sickness and drought and free of good and evil. of Genesis but that is what man did man went and gave himself from God The is that God is great at playing hide and seek. Well, He's great at the seeking part anyway. How do I know that? Remember the story of the prodigal son? What is the father doing in that? Constantly, constantly looking. And to be a good seeker in hide and you need to be constantly looking looking everywhere. You remember that the, the prodigal son went off, spent all the father's money, went totally astray. But the father was still there, he wanted him to come back, and so he was constantly looking. And then he rushed to the prodigal son who came home and put his arms around him. God is a good seeker, and God is out there. Looking for all of his children for you and for me. Remember the other parable of the 99 sheep that are all there safely in the fold and then Jesus leaves the 99 sheep and goes to look for the one. So God is prepared to leave all the sheep that he has safely in the fold to go and look for the one that is hidden. So if you're hiding, God is looking for you. God loves us so much that he was prepared. The passage that um, uh, Jeff Wright's written that he was prepared to leave heaven the safety of heaven the beauty of heaven and to come down here on this earth to come and to seek the lost those that are hiding from God and Jesus came to look for you for me. falling in love with Jesus. I remember realising for the first time that if I'd been the only person here on this earth, that Jesus would have come down from heaven and come looking for me in that hide-and-seek game where I was. that he was prepared to die for me on the cross in order to restore me back to God. Because we're told that all of us have gone astray. All of us are hiding in some way from God because of the evil that has come into the world. And the result of that is death for us. But Jesus came found us. Died on the cross for us. Took our sins and all the sins of the world we told. Whether or not we believe in him or not believe in him. Jesus would have died for you and for me. To make us clean. So that we can go to the presence of God. Now, That passage for Romans is quite complicated, and I was praying to the Lord for a picture um, to be able to share with everybody. Um, And I'm going to put up this picture uh, now to you Um, of what I think Romans 5 is all about. You'll excuse my dirty washing that is about to now come up here. We're told that we're all different, and I don't know which one of these is you. Okay? It may be that you've been around a long time and you're just looking a little bit faded, you know, a bit washed out. It may be that your life's been really lucky This is my mock bottom, awesome, my draw that I came to in, which obviously isn't very which Again, a great illustration. God wants to clean us up. It may be in this one. But one of these... But I believe what God is doing in his hide, in in hide and seek game that man is forced on God. Because remember that wasn't oh, what God wanted. God just wanted to walk hand and keep this forever. For us to live in eternity What he I want us to be That Jesus, you'll see in the middle that there is the cross. And that there is the white towel. And I believe that what Romans is saying to us, it's saying, come to Jesus. into white fuzzy towers and we come into the very presence of God. We will shine for God. We will know that we have eternal life. We're told in the passage of Romans, big words like we're justified just as if you've never seen. That we may be righteous To be cleansed again, to go out to be able to share love with others at the top stuff. God is our seeking being daily and restoring you daily, but He's out there in the world seeking us. God proves his love to us through Jesus because he sent his son to die for us. Just spend a moment now as I close. Just say thank you to God for sending Jesus.